is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Mr. Producer, I have an echo in my headphones. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Well, I haven't listened to much uh, radio here today. So uh, I don't know what other people are talking about or what other people are saying. But we wake up this morning with another major journalist who is, uh, well, who's a pervert, quite frankly. Use this word harassment. These are perverts. And we're learning more and more about how Matt Lauer conducted himself in the workplace of all places. And uh, some of this stuff's just been coming out during the course of the day. Apparently, Variety has been investigating him for months. New York Times has been investigating him for weeks. New York Times still, apparently has fired its uh, top Washington reporter, who uh, who had to be suspended, as I recall. Um, you may recall when this Hollywood scandal first broke with Weinstein and so forth, I was pointing out that there, there are news outlets which uh, and, and news platforms where surely sexual harassment activity is going on couldn't just be Fox. It couldn't just be Hollywood and so on. What, nothing's going on at the New York Times, I said, at the Washington Post, at CNN, ABC, NBC, MSNBC, CBS? And, of course, it is going on. How did I know it's going on? Because, for the most part, these are radical leftists who shun evangelical Christians, Orthodox Jews, people of... Uh, uh, who are who are serious about their faith and and are and practice uh, you know as uh, as they believe and uh, the whole idea of social conservatives was mocked cultural conservatives mocked and by the way it's mocked by people in government too including on the Supreme Court which seeks to nationalize these issues and take them away from the people now I'm sure this sort of stuff has gone on. Since the beginning, not just of this country, but since the beginning. But it sure as heck seems to be much broader, more ubiquitous than before, doesn't it? It does to me. It also helps explain why <clears throat> the media and so many media outlets turned a blind eye toward Ted Kennedy, turned a blind eye before that toward John Kennedy. Or Lyndon Johnson. And in more modern times, turned a blind eye toward Bill Clinton. And uh, and others. That Access Hollywood tape, which came out, that video, and what Billy Bush had said, and what Trump had said, and so forth. It almost looks quaint compared to what we're learning with respect to these these journalists. Not just bravado, not just 
you know, opinions and so forth, just, not just nasty stuff. We're talking about acting out nasty stuff. Acting it out. Now, we've talked about this a long time. When a country loses its virtue, the country is lost. I don't believe our country has lost its virtue. I believe our government has. I believe politicians as a class have. Journalists has, as a class have. Cultural uh, entities like Hollywood as a class has. I believe they have. I really do. We've heard now since Donald Trump decided to run for president up to modern day that he is destroying the First Amendment and freedom of the press. The press is destroying itself. The American people, when they talk about the press, despise the press. When the American people think about the press, they ridicule the press. They don't believe the press. And when you have people like Matt Lauer and Charlie Rose, and there's more, I can't think of them all, and there will be more, conducting themselves as they do, you can't trust them to report a straight story. You can't trust them to report a straight story. No wonder poor Juanita Broderick, when she came forward, or poor Paula Jones, or Kathleen Willey, and a host of others. No wonder they weren't believed. More to the point, even if they were believed. The media. Many aspects, many parts of the media were conducting themselves the same way. They were not about to go after Bill Clinton. It's a personal matter, a family matter, don't you know? Democrat Party rallied Bill Clinton. Now you know why. I pointed out last week, maybe it was the week before, and it's been picked up by others since, that the Democrat Party can no longer claim that it represents women, women's interests, women's rights, and women equality. It simply can't make that claim anymore. Because the way the Democrat Party has treated women, and the way the Democrat Party has defended either by silence or worse, some of its worst actors, at least initially, Democrat Party cannot, with a straight face, anymore claim to be the voice, the face, the party of women. The Republicans are too stupid, too damn stupid to understand this, but the rest of us do. Again, I don't believe this is exclusive to parties, but I think it occurs significantly within the Democrat Party. This is true of governance too, ladies and gentlemen. When you are unmoored from principles, when you are unmoored from standards, when you are unmoored, in our case, from our constitutional system, you go rogue. Rules don't matter. Laws don't matter. You say one thing to one person and do one thing to another person. Now, we're going to look into this a little bit here. The Variety piece. Variety put their piece out today because Variety was doing the research on Matt Lauer uh, and has been doing the research on Matt Lauer, as best as we can tell, for the longest period of time. And it's obvious NBC News and this guy Andrew Lack tried to get in front of this scandal, uh, and I believe he's been enormously deceitful with the way he has positioned NBC News. Fact is, NBC News and Mr. Lack had to know, or surrogates had to know, that Variety was conducting this months-long investigation. They had to know that the New York Times was investigating uh, 
over a period of weeks. So you still can't trust the management over at NBC. So Variety said that as the co-host of NBC's Today Show, Matt Lauer once gave a colleague a sex toy as a present, and he included an explicit note about how he wanted to use it on her, which left her mortified. I'm not using any, for those of you who have young children listening, I'm not going to use the language that's in this article. On another day, he summoned a different female employee to his office and then dropped his pants and showed his, my word, genitalia. After the employee declined to do anything, visibly shaken, he reprimanded her for not engaging in a sex act. He would sometimes quiz female producers about who they'd slept with, offering to trade names. And he loved to engage in a crass quiz game with men and women in the office, blank, marry, or kill, you can figure out the blank, in which he would identify the female co-hosts that he'd most like to sleep with. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it is beyond belief to me that given the extent of Matt Lauer's uh, conduct, that management at NBC didn't know anything. These accounts of Lauer's behavior at NBC are the result of a two-month investigation by Variety with dozens of interviews with current and former staffers. Variety has talked to three women who identified themselves as victims of sexual harassment by Lauer, and their stories have been corroborated by friends or colleagues that they told at the time. They've asked for now to remain unnamed, fearing professional repercussions. Well, somebody was named on Monday and filed an extensive complaint, and Andrew Lack and the suits at NBC News decided they couldn't, they couldn't uh, hold off any longer. On Wednesday, NBC, of course, announced that Lauer was fired from today. It was a stunning move for a co-host who was widely considered the crown jewel of the network's news division with a $25 million annual salary. Imagine, he got paid almost as much as a baseball or basketball or football player. The cause of his dismissal, according to sources, was a detailed complaint from another current NBC employee about inappropriate sexual conduct from Lauer that started on a trip at the Sochi Olympics in 2014 and continued for several months. The employee met with Human Resources at NBC on Monday night in a statement NBC News Chairman Andrew Lack, uh, Andrew Lack rather, called this the first complaint about his behavior in over 20 years and acknowledged that it may not be the last. We were also presented with reason to believe that this may not have been an isolated incident, Lack said. Several women told Variety they complained to executives at the network about Lauer's behavior, which fell on deaf ears given the lucrative advertising surrounding today. NBC declined to comment. For most of Lauer's tenure at Today, the morning show was number one in the ratings, and executives were eager, to, eager rather, to keep him happy. It's not clear if NBC's paying Lauer through the end of his contract, which expires in 2018, Lauer couldn't be reached for comment. Insiders say that NBC was forced to act quickly after this week's complaint, given the severity of the accusations and the national dialogue around sexual harassment that has ended the careers of Harvey Weinstein, Charlie Rose, Kevin Spacey, Louis C.K., and other prominent men. Now, against a series of questions about the future of today, a troubling portrait has emerged of Lauer. By the way, 
I pointed out to you the other day that you don't, we don't believe for a minute that Al Franken is going to be punished as a result of his conduct. Now, there may be members who resign who choose not to run for re-election and that sort of thing. But then there are members like Al Franken. Al Franken will be here and may well be re-elected. Who knows? The same with these several of these top media types. They'll go into seclusion for a period of time in the Hamptons or who knows, Palm Beach. Go into seclusion for a period of time and then they'll come back. All fixed. All ready to roll. Asking for uh, your forgiveness and then uh, whether you give it to them or not, they will be protected by their networks, by their media pals. Always works that way, doesn't it? Let's see. In front of the camera, for more than two decades, Lauer had positioned himself as America's squeaky clean dad. Behind the scenes, Lauer was a different person. Despite being married, Lauer was fixated on women, especially their bodies and looks. According to more than ten accounts from current and former employees, this is amazing, when the guy to me looks like a putrid little nerd. I mean, among other things, obviously. But... This was his chance, you see. He had all this power and all this money and all this say-so. Now was his chance to strike back. He was known for making lewd comments verbally or over text messages. He once said or made a uh, suggestive reference to a colleague's performance in bed and compared it to how she was able to complete her job according to witnesses to the exchange. For Lauer, work and sex were intertwined. Much like, I would say, John Conyers, if you will, or Ted Kennedy, or Bill Clinton, or on and on and on. There are a lot of consensual relationships, but that's still a problem because of the power he held, says a former producer who knew firsthand of these encounters. He couldn't sleep around town with celebrities or on the road with random people because he's Matt Lauer, and he's married. So he'd have to do it within his stable, where he exerted power, and he knew people wouldn't ever complain. Lauer, who was paranoid about being followed by tabloid reporters, grew more emboldened as 30 Rockefeller Center, uh, as his profile rose following uh, Katie Couric's departure from today in 2006. His office was in a secluded space, and he had a button under his desk that allowed him to lock his door from the inside without getting up. Well, don't we all have that, Mr. Producer? Don't you have that? We all have that, don't we? This afforded him the assurance of privacy. Now, who put the button in? I assume NBC put it in. I wonder why. It allowed him to welcome female employees and initiate inappropriate contact while knowing nobody could walk in on him, according to two women who were sexually harassed by Lauer. According to sources, the sexual harassment extended to when Lauer traveled on assignment for NBC. Several employees recall how he paid uh, intense attention to a young woman on his staff that he found attractive, focusing intently on her career ambitions, and he asked the same producer to his hotel room to deliver him a pillow, according to sources with knowledge of the interaction. Now, we will continue with Peyton Place, I mean uh, the Today Show and what took place there, and what a disgusting predator this man, Matt Lauer, is. Like a disgusting predator, like Charlie Rose. Like a disgusting predator. 
like John Conyers, like a disgusting predator, like Bill Clinton, like a disgusting predator, like Ted Kennedy. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. I'll try and get to that. I can't get to all this. I mean, it's like Whack-A-Predator. Whack-A-Predator. I mean, they just, uh, they're, they're all over the damn place. Let's continue. We have a short segment, then we'll continue after the bottom of the hour. And we'll, well, in fact, I can't continue. I have one minute. Minnesota Public Radio has fired Garrison Keeler. We'll get back to uh, Matt Lauer. There's just more here. Keeler, after allegations of inappropriate behavior from one of his co-workers. And also, I believe the head of the news division, or at least one of their top news executives at NPR, was also let go. Over there at National Pubic Radio, as I unaffectionately call them. Um, has anyone been fired yet from CNN, Mr. Producer? I think we should watch CNN very, very carefully. Watch CNN very, very carefully. So far, uh, I don't believe anybody has fallen over there. Can it possibly be that this is a moral haven over there at CNN? I just can't believe that. I'll be right back. Levin, a champion of freedom. You know, you're one of the greatest champions of freedom in this country, if not in the English-speaking world, Mark. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. You know, this breaking news on Matt Lauer as I sit here, but we'll continue to march through this. We'll get to the breaking news. I know a lot of folks out there used to watch the Today program. A lot of you used to watch Charlie Rose. A lot of you read the New York Slimes and this guy Thrush. What was his name? Thrush, is that right? Glenn Thrush. And uh, so forth. Anyway, Lauer had a pattern, writes Variety. According to multiple sources, independently corroborated by Variety, Lauer would invite women employed by NBC late at night to his hotel room while covering the Olympics in various cities over the years. He later told colleagues how his wife had accompanied him to the London Olympics because she didn't trust him to travel alone. The spotlight on Lauer intensified earlier this month when his longtime booker, Matt Zimmerman, was fired over sexual harassment complaints. The two were very close, and Lauer had promoted Zimmerman to high executive, a high executive position and offered him a powerful perch. This is pretty grotesque. Lauer's conduct was not a secret among other employees at Today, but apparently it was a secret among the executives, and, I, you know, I just don't believe that. At least one of the anchors would gossip about stories she had heard, spreading them among the staff. Management sucks there, says a former reporter who asked not to be identified, speaking about executive who, executives who previously worked at the show. They protected the blank out of Matt Lauer. Maybe we need a uh, federal investigation into uh, NBC and Hollywood and these other entities as they tried to unleash, or maybe did unleash, on Fox, uh, which I will be joining in the end of February. 
Some producers told Variety they were conflicted about what to do around Lauer. They worried that their careers would be sidetracked or sidelined if they didn't return his advances. There's such shame with Matt Lauer not liking you, the former employee added. I did the special with him, and we were traveling, and I had a cold sore on my lip, and I heard him say to Brian Gumbel, she has this really ugly cold sore on her lip, like that was something to be ashamed of. He was just really cruel. According to producers Lauer, who had considerable editorial clout over which stories would ultimately air on today, would frequently dismiss stories about cheating husbands. However, in the wake of Roger Ailes and Harvey Weinstein, Lauer had to keep up with a national conversation about sexual harassment. It often made for awkward moments on TV for staff members who knew about Lauer's private interaction. So staff members knew, co-workers knew, colleagues, uh, other hosts, individuals who worked on the Today Show and became executives knew, and yet nobody knew. They didn't know, you see, until early this week. 20 years of purity. 20 years of angelic behavior. 20 years as a virgin. Nobody knew. In September, Lauer asked Fox News star anchor Bill O'Reilly if he'd ever sent lewd text messages to colleagues. Think about those women and what they did, Lauer said. They came forward and filed complaints against the biggest star at the network they worked at. Think about how intimidating that must have been. Doesn't that tell you how strongly they felt about you? In fact, Mr. Producer, let us listen to that back and forth. Cut one, go. You were probably the last guy in the world that they wanted to fire because you were the guy that the ratings and the revenues were built on. You carried that network on your shoulders for a lot of years. So doesn't it seem safe to assume that the people at Fox News were given a piece of information or given some evidence that simply made it impossible for you to stay on at Fox News. That's a false assumption. There were a lot of other business things in play at that time and still today um, that 21st century was involved with. And it was a business decision that they made. But there isn't any... uh, But you don't let your number one guy go unless you have information that you think makes him... That's not true. There are billions of dollars at stake in business uh, deals. And uh, they made a decision that they could, you know, possibly prosper more without me. It was as simple as that. Boy, the irony. The irony of uh, Matt Lauer making, asking questions at all. Well, um, then there's this piece that Matt Lauer allegedly sexually harassed Stafford during the Olympics in 2014. Sources told page six of the New York Post. An NBC insider said Lauer's alleged victim complained to HR on Monday. This happened so quickly, she didn't go to the media. She made a complaint to NBC's Human Resources. Her evidence was so compelling that Lauer was fired Tuesday night. And the Whitney victim says that she has evidence that this has also happened to other women. But so far, we don't have any of the evidence, said an NBC insider and so forth. Well, now, here's the New York Times, this breaking story. Mr. Producer, do we have the Meet the Depressed music, please? I believe that's NBC music. So just just to close the circle when you're ready. This is the New York Slimes. The fast-moving national reckoning over sexual harassment in the workplace toppled another television news store on Wednesday when NBC fired Matt Lauer, 
the co-host of its most profitable franchise. Today, after an allegation of inappropriate sexual behavior with a subordinate, NBC News told its staff it was firing Matt Lauer some 34 hours after the woman and her lawyer visited the network headquarters in Midtown Manhattan to share details of her interactions with Mr. Lauer with company executives. On Wednesday, that would be today, NBC received at least two more complaints related to Mr. Lauer. This is the new news. According to a person briefed on the network's handling of the matter, one complaint came from a former employee who said Mr. Lauer had summoned her to his office in 2001 and then had sex with her. She provided her account to the New York Times but declined to let her name be used. She told the Times that she felt helpless because she didn't want to lose her job and that she didn't report the encounter at the time because she felt ashamed. She said NBC's Human Resources Department had contacted her Wednesday to ask her about the allegations. The woman told her husband about the encounter at the time, which the Times confirmed with him in a phone call. The couple was separated at the time and later divorced. She also told a friend about it five years ago, which the friend also confirmed. It was the complaint on Monday that prompted NBC to take action. On Monday night, we received a detailed complaint from a colleague about inappropriate sexual behavior in the workplace by Mac Lauer. Andrew Lack, NBC News chairman, said in a memo to the staff. In a division-wide me a meeting with his first staff, uh, with his staff rather, later in the morning, Mr. Lack said that Mr. Lauer's involvement with the woman began while they were in how do you pronounce it? While they were in Russia for the Winter Olympics in 2014. How do you say it? Sochi. You say Sochi, I say Sachi. According to two people briefed on the meeting and that their involvement continued after they returned to New York. On Wednesday morning, Ari Winkelfeld, a civil rights lawyer with the firm Winkelfeld, Herodine, and Atkinson in Washington, said he represented the woman who had made the initial complaint to NBC but declined to publicly identify her. In a statement provided to the Times, the lawyer said, My client and I met with representatives from NBC's Human Resources and Legal Departments at 6 p.m. on Monday for an interview that lasted several hours. Our impression at this point is that NBC acted quickly, as all companies should, when confronted with credible allegations of sexual misconduct in the workplace. You know what, Mr. Producer? You know, if the private sector had the equivalent of Senate and House Ethics Committees, they could just say, hey, look, we believe in due process... We take these allegations seriously. The women are believable. Hey, hey, just send it to the Ethics Committee. We'll have a process in place. That's the way we do things in America. Do pride. They could go to Joe Scar. Hey, that guy's iconic. You know, the one. That's an icon. Hey, what are you, what are you attacking that guy for? And you know. Oh, yes, Halpern was one of them, too. Well, I'm encouraged by NBC's response to date, says the lawyer. I'm in awe of the courage of my client. My client showed to be the first to raise a uh, complaint and to do so without making any demands other than the company do the right thing. Now, the woman met. She met uh, reporters, uh, met with reporters from the Times earlier Monday, but said she was not ready to discuss it publicly. Mr. Lauer's ouster followed a head-spinning stirring of prominent firings over sexual harassment and abuse allegations, including Weinstein, Louis C.K., Charlie Rose, Mark Halpern, etc. Mr. Lauer was a fixture of morning television. It goes on. Let's see. Mr. Lauer is the second of NBC's uh, top 
rated stars to lose his job in recent years. In 2015, NBC News suspended its 6.30 p.m. nightly news anchor, Brian Williams. But he's back, isn't he? Oh, Brian Williams. Whatever happened to him? After six months, they sent him to MSNBC. Like I said, whatever happened to him? It's a guy who, uh, well, he was very confused about where he was, when he was where, how he got there, what he did, and so forth and so on. He was heroic in his journalism, except he wasn't. But he's back, reporting the news. Look at these news agencies, ladies and gentlemen. They have politicians. People who work for politicians now working as journalists. People who worked as journalists now working as politicians who will work as journalists again. They have predators, quasi-predators, sometimes predators. People who observe predators. And in the meantime, most of them vote Democrat, most of them are liberal, and most of them hate conservatives and Republicans. Isn't that interesting? Very interesting. Mr. Lauer has had some notable stumbles in recent years. His interview of Hillary Clinton and Donald J. Trump during the presidential election was widely panned by giving Mrs. Clinton far rougher treatment than he gave Mr. Trump. This is the New York slimes. Do you know what the New York... You can kill that ridiculous music. Thank you, Mr. Producer. The New York slimes. you know what the New York slimes is doing now? I looked over at Instapundit, the great website over there. Uh, and uh, the New York Times is actually tweeting out, for instance, the name of, of uh, saboteur Senator Susan Collins from the great state of Maine and telling their readers to contact her to vote against the Senate tax plan. Now, I want her to vote against the Senate tax plan, but uh, not for the reason she wants to vote against the Senate tax plan. She thinks the cuts are too deep, we're not spending enough, of, you know, the usual left-wing Democrat crap, dressed up as Republican responsible uh, commentary. Now, but all that said, the New York Slimes is out there now urging its readers to contact Susan Collins. It's a pathetic operation over there. Nobody will ever match, quite frankly, even all this, nobody will ever match the level to which the New York slimes uh, sank uh, during World War II in its multi-year obsessive effort to cover up the Holocaust. They cover up the Holocaust. The New York slimes. Pretty damn stunning. Now, ladies and gentlemen, as I say, I'm doing my best to keep up, but it doesn't mean I will succeed. Everything sounds like the National Enquirer now, doesn't it? What do you believe? The National Enquirer, the New York Times, the National Enquirer, NBC, the National Enquirer, MSNBC, the National Enquirer, CNN, and down the line. We have Garrison Keillor. Oh, Garrison. You were so loved by the... By the Brie and T set. You were so loved by the Starbucks crowd. So loved. Our Garrison Keeler, public radio. And now Garrison Keeler follows the way of the rest. It's so depressing. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I gotta tell you, I'd pick my Casper mattress over every mattress I've ever had. Helps me get the best night's sleep period. And you know, 
I had a back procedure, what, six, eight weeks ago? The L5. I don't know all the rest of the uh, disc, but I know about that one. First, it slipped under the uh, sciatic nerve. It slipped under the nerve, my back, which affected the sciatic nerve for sure. And uh, see, I sound like I know what I'm talking about. And then uh, it ruptured. Apparently it ruptured when I was at the Reagan Library signing books and shaking hands. The Reagan Library, the greatest place in the world, really. My brother John Highbush runs it. Great place to go during the holiday, too. Now, my Casper mattress, you know, I'm sleeping in the hotel and this and It really does help me. I'm not kidding you. It really does help me. We have six of them plus another one for my dog, Barney. And they sell them for, those, uh, for uh, dogs as well. Now, once you've tried your Casper, you're going to love it, too. Switching to Casper is a no-brainer. It's a higher-quality mattress at a more affordable price. And I sleep cool and very comfortably every night, much better than on the old overpriced mattresses that I used to have. Now, Casper ships for free in a small, how-do-they-do-it size box. We'll even pick it up and refund you everything if you don't love it. Now, you know what that means? That means you have a free chance to try it for 100 days. You take your old mattress, you put it up, you lean it up against the wall, and then you try the Casper mattress. And I guarantee you, or they guarantee you, you're going to love it, or you can send it back for free. That simple. From its breakthrough design and superior quality to its packaging, it's no wonder Casper was named one of Fast Company's 50 most innovative brands of 2017. Put Casper to the test in your home for 100 nights risk-free. Go to casper.com slash mark and use code mark for $50 towards the purchase of your mattress. That's casper.com slash mark, code mark. I know it sounds confusing. It's a new way to do this. You go to casper.com slash mark. That's the site. And then you use code mark to get your special deal. Now, terms and conditions apply. You get the Casper mattress, then you get the My Pillow. I got my My Pillows. They are unbelievable. I get my Casper mattress. I got my My Pillow. Sleep like a baby. Sleep like a baby. I'm telling you, I know what I'm talking about. That's true. I eat my uh, Mrs. Fields cookies before I go to bed. I set my alarm. Simply safe. I got the whole thing going on here. You ought to check it out. Maybe I'm, you know, I got to work myself to go to bed, so I'll go to the Hillsdale website. I'll read the latest edition of Imprimus. Man, I'm taking care of everything. For you and for me. Truth be told. All right, Garrison Keeler. The Hill. Minnesota Public Radio has fired Garrison Keeler after allegations of inappropriate behavior from one of his coworkers. NPR announced the termination of Killer's contract in a statement today. Last month, NPR was notified of allegations which relate to Mr. Killer's conduct while he was responsible for the publication of a Prairie Home Companion. The statement reads, this, this has people howling out the window right now in, in disgust and in fury. NPR says a special committee was appointed. Ah, see, they got it figured out. You need a special committee. Like an ethics guy, we sent it to the, hey, wait, wait, look, we sent it to the ethics committee. What do you want? 
was appointed to provide oversight and ongoing counseling after the allegations. The station also brought in an outside law firm to conduct an independent investigation. Based on what we currently know, there are no similar allegations involving other staff, NPR said. But over at NPR, they just had a blowout. A chief news executive. Oh, NPR, NPR, all the PRs. I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I'm trying to keep track of this. There's more stuff coming in here as I'm broadcast. Garrison Keeler, today, fired by MPR, not to be confused with NPR, for sexual harassment misconduct of some kind. They haven't revealed what, exactly what's going on. Now, uh, the irony is, and there are many ironies here, yesterday, Garrison Keeler came to the defense of his good friend, Al Franken. Al Franken, in the Washington Compost, ran his op-ed. Now, many of you may have tried to get op-eds in the Washington Compost. I'm not one of them. And you've been turned down over and over and over again because you're no garrison killer. But you should feel very thankful for that. And the title of the piece the Washington Compost put on there, Al Franken should resign, question mark, that's absurd, by Garrison Killer. And it it was posted at 8.08 p.m. Eastern Time last night, and of course, Killer resigned less than 24 hours later. Excuse me, was fired less than 24 hours later. Then it goes, my friend, Pastor B.D. Christensen, said something so good Sunday morning that I woke up and wrote it down. Something like about making peace with the mistakes of the past and learning from them. It's slippery ground in general to just past actions by present standards with a benefit of hindsight that is morally highly questionable. And immediately I thought about the Minneapolis Park Board voting to rename Lake Calhoun as Lake BDE Maka SKA because the man for whom it was named back in the early 1820s was a slavery enthusiast. So here we go. So he's defending Al Franken's predatory past by saying, hey, look, you know, we got statues to pull down and schools to rename and everything else. So, so, so this is incredible. This is incredible. Renaming is a slippery business. I knew a Cheryl back in 1969, Road Killer, who became Saffron. Didn't work out. A few years later, she resumed her Cherylness. The Triborough Bridge in New York City was renamed the Robert F. Kennedy Bridge, but if you were to ask directions to that bridge, you might wind up in Pennsylvania, a state named for the common pencil. By the way, how could anybody follow this moron on NPR, NPR, or any of it? He went on. 
This will happen with Lake BDE Maka SKA. I, I don't even know what this is. The name will appear on signage. But when people look at the body of water, they will think Calhoun. The effect of this on the slave trade in Minneapolis will be slight. On the other hand, uh, Jean-Louis Kirak did well to rename himself Jack A. Jean-Louis. Would be unlikely to write on the road, but as Jacques Kirak, the road was right up his alley. In 1963, Idlewild Airport on Long Island was renamed JFK, which stuck thanks to the clumsiness of Idlewild. No large airport is idle, and airline passengers do not care to think of aviation in terms of uh, wildness. Well, I can certainly see why the uh, Washington Post decided to publish this uh, act of genius. So he goes on, and what's his point? The greatest absurdity of our time is... You know whom, which goes without saying, but I will anyway. What his election showed, this is Trump, of course, is that a considerable number of people, in order to demonstrate their frustration with the world as it is, are willing to drive their car with their children in the backseat over a cliff, smash the radiator, bust an axle, and walk away uh, feeling good about themselves. No other president in modern times has been held in contempt by a preponderance of people from the moment he said, so help me God. Actually, I think Obama's up there. And no, not because of his race, because of his Marxism. Because his hatred for his own country, you know, fundamental transformation. Because of his past associations with, you know, Reverend Wright and um, others in the Chicago area. As well as his hate for the state of Israel. So, anyway, let us continue. No other president of modern times has been held in contempt by, by a preponderance of people from the moment he said, so help me God. The playboy blather, the smirk of privilege, the stunning contempt for factual truth. Is this about Ted Kennedy? How can the country come together when the president has nothing in common with 98% of the rest of us? Now he gets all this to get to Al Franken which is two paragraphs of the op-ed, and the Washington Compost thought this was absolute genius. And then there's Senator Al Franken. He did USO tours overseas when he was in comedy biz. He did it from deep in his heart, out of patriotism. And the show he did was broad comedy of a sort that goes back to the Middle Ages. What, molesting a woman? Shakespeare used those jokes now and then, and so did Bob Hope and Joey Heatherton. When they entertained the troops, if you thought that Al stood outdoors at bases in Iraq and Afghanistan and told stories about small-town life in the Midwest, you were wrong. On the flight home, in a spirit of low comedy, Al ogled Ms. Tweedin and pretended to grab her, and a picture was taken. Funny way with the facts. Eleven years later, a talk show host in L.A., she goes public, and there's talk of resignation. This is pure absurdity. And the atrocity it leads to is a code of public deadliness. No kidding. Franken should change his name to Newman and put the USO debacle behind him, and then we'll change Frank sense to Febreze. All right, he goes on in his um, moronic, ir- ir- co- uh, incoherent ramblings. So that's his defense of Al Franken. Yesterday. Today he's out for the same, at least, general allegations, similar enough. He's out. And the, I'll give you the mindset of this Garrison Keeler, 
who has been on public radio for I don't know how long, receiving, I guess, public subsidies. As a host on the Minnesota Public Radio, April 1994. Hat tip C-SPAN. Here's one of the things that Garrison Keillor had to say. Cut three, go. When scandal breaks and we get to see the humanity of the great and the powerful revealed, naked and dumb in front of us, there's always a cry for new rules or at least some new awareness that will prevent this from ever happening again. We should be careful, though, not to make the world so fine and good that you and I can't enjoy living in it. A world in which there is no sexual harassment at all is a world in which there will not be any flirtation. Now, I don't mind flirtation. I mean, with me now I do. I'm married. But as, as, as a general rule, what's wrong with flirtation? But you see, there's something wrong with having a button under your desk that locks a door when a young staffer is in your office because you don't want them to escape, and you drop your pants and you show them your genitalia. That's not flirtation. Or when you're grabbing a woman's breast when she's asleep on an airplane, and you're a married man, and she wants nothing to do with you. That's not flirtation. Or when you're walking around in your underwear as an 88-year-old congressman, insisting that staffers come into your office. That's not flirtation. That's not flirtation. Or when you're accused of rape, as in the case of Bill Clinton, or sexual uh, assault when Clinton attacked Kathleen Willey. That's not flirtation, ladies and gentlemen. None of that's flirtation. And now, Garrison Keillor, having been on public radio for so long, but given his... Uh, the manner in which he speaks with such authority, probably with his pants down around his ankles, he's no more. He won't even be a footnote to a footnote in history. He won't even be a laugh line. He will never have exist. Off he goes into the wild blue yonder. Just as Al Franken, when the history is written about America and the American Senate, he won't even be a laugh line. He's a bad comic. He won't be in anything. He never existed. Or John Connors. Richard Nixon must be looking down on John Connors today and having a pretty good belly laugh as one of the leaders of the impeachment movement against Richard Nixon. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And then there's Charlie Rose. Charlie Rose. And, and of course, there is, uh, what's his name today? Exactly. What's his name? Matt Lauer. Is that a L-A-U-E-R, Matt, or L-A-E-U-R, Matt? Nobody will remember. Who remembers the key host of the Today Show 20 years ago, 15 years ago? Oh, we have them in our memory. We just don't remember their names. Well, to the extent Matt Lauer will be remembered, he'll be remembered for his genitalia. And nothing else. And Garrison Keillor, he won't be remembered for anything. Nothing. Neither will John Conyers. None of them will. Mark Halpern. The list goes on. I can't even keep up. Nobody's confusing sexual harassment. And actually, it's more than sexual harassment. Actual physical assault. Or people with a door locked 
being forced to observe your genitalia, which you expose to them without their permission. You know, that sort of stuff. Meanwhile, all these liberals, equal pay for women, equal pay for women, while they're assaulting them. Because, you see, it's good enough. As long as you support the left-wing socialist agenda, the feminist agenda, well, you'll, be, you'll become the lion of the Senate. Or one of the greatest presidents in American history. Or something of that sort. Now, ladies and gentlemen, there is a congressman in South Carolina by the name of James Clyburn. He is the longest-serving, I believe, congressman from South Carolina right now. He may be the number three on the uh, on the House Democrat side, and he should resign. He should resign tonight. Not because of sexual harassment, but because he's a racist. And I'm going to get into that when we return. Mark Lovin. Today's show with Matt Lauer for 15 years. What is Matt's most annoying habit? Mm. He pinches me on the ass a lot. Wow! Hmm. What was that last one, Rich? Oh, what was he talking about? Off camera, Meredith Vieira is bending over and he says, Keep what? Keep bending over like that. It's a nice view. That Matt Lauer. Who knew that this underweight, putrid little nerd geek uh, was uh, such a molester and predator? Apparently nobody at NBC News and the executive department, everybody knew about Matt. This guy has a button under his desk to lock the door. You got people who worked on his staff. They become executives. Say nothing. You got co-hosts, say nothing. You got uh, you got interns, nobody says anything. They're worried about their careers. Let me tell you something. If somebody's molesting you, don't worry about your career. Go to the authorities. My wife knows that. My daughter knows that. Some pig puts their hand on you without your permission or conducts themselves in a way like this without your permission. That's unacceptable. It's simply, and by the way, if a woman does it to a guy, it's unacceptable. We're not talking about flirting. Do not allow the predators and their surrogates, do not allow the left and the media, all the same actually, do not allow them to change the language. Do not allow them to, to create diversions. We're not talking about flirtation. We're talking about well beyond flirtation. When you're dropping your pants, you're walking around in your underwear, you're grabbing somebody's breast. By the way, all without their permission. All without their permission. Yes, and in many states you do that, it's a crime. Now, back to James Clyburn. Back to James Clyburn. Up there on the Drudge Report, he linked to this story, I never would have seen it. The uh, state, the South Carolina statewide newspaper. James Clyburn is the number three uh, Democrat. Of course, my damn computer freezes when I need to read the damn article. 
Well, maybe we won't get back to James Clyburn, or we'll get back to him in a little bit. Hold on now. Everybody, sing to yourself. You believe this? I can't. Hold on a second now, folks. Here we go. I want to get to this. Well, I'm hot about it. All right, here we go. James Clyburn. In a video posted on Twitter, the 77-year-old Clyburn is walking to an elevator with Congressional Black Caucus Chairman Cedric Richmond, Democrat, Louisiana. When asked, other men in other industries have faced similar accusations. We have this. Let's play it. Cut four. Go. Other men in other industries have faced similar accusations and gotten out of the way, resigned, stepped down far faster than he has. Right? Uh, you would have to give us some examples. Uh, Harvey Weinstein, Charlie Rose, Matt Lauer. I don't think they would have that. elected them you don't understand we're elected we answered to a different law our own law but it was more than that it was more than that writer for the New York Times magazine and National Geographic tweeted that Clyburn invoked the name of Susan Smith South Carolina's emphasis, infamous child murder in his defense of Conyers. And you're thinking, what the hell does that have to do with anything? Quote, James Clyburn compared Conyers' accusers to the child murderer Susan Smith, his accusers, who initially claimed a black man had abducted her kids. Clyburn says, these are all white women who've made these charges against Conyers. Robert Draper tweeted, When asked if that comment was true, Draper said he verified it through two sources, adding Clyburn has used the Susan Smith parallel more than once to members and staffers. Two things. You're comparing the accusers, the women, of being like Susan Smith, who murdered her children? You don't have to believe the women, but you're comparing them? To a woman who murdered her children? He should resign just for that. And then number two, why is he making that comparison? Well, because she initially claimed that a black man adopted her kids. And you see, the women accusing Conyers are all white. This man is a racist. And he should resign, and he should resign now. He should resign now. He's the number three man on the House Democrat side. He is a disgrace. I'll be right back. They can clone the others, but there's only one, Mark Levin. And you can call him at 877-381-3811. You know, the former NBC News boss is now the current CNN news boss, Jeff Zucker. So I would ask the morons over there at CNN, top of the list would be, well, several of them actually, Don Lemon, Don Lemon, Don Lemon. Also, there's Brian Stetler, 
the fat little doughboy. There's also uh, Wolf Blitzer, who uh, you have to poke him to get him to talk. It's like, what, what's today? But anyway, uh, I would ask them if they... Uh, if they're going to do an investigation, being investigative reporters who like to comment on sorts of people, of uh, their boss, Jeff Zucker, and his role as an NBC News boss, it's very interesting. Andrew Lack is saying that current management, current management, was unaware of the situation involving Lauer all these decades. That's current management. Well, what did prior management know? What did Jeff Zucker know, and when did he know it? They've been all excited over there, over Bill O'Reilly and others and so forth. That's okay, fine, I got, I understand. But the question is, has Jeff Zucker brought the same tolerance, if you will, that existed at NBC News to CNN? I have no idea if there are any perverts or sexual harassers or whatever over there at CNN. Some of them look rather suspicious to me. I don't know. I have no idea whatsoever. But so far, it is the only news organization, or one of the only news organizations, that has gone untouched. MSNBC had their boy, uh, Mark Halpern. Very, very close to uh, the morning schmo and Mrs. Schmo. They knew nothing. Right under their nose, <clears throat> they knew nothing, they saw nothing, they went to... Anyway, the guy used to work at ABC and Bloomberg. Then there's Charlie Rose over there at CBS, although no more. Another one with the robe and the pants down and the look at me and so forth and so on. No, that's not flirting. That's grotesque. Now he's gone. Over at the New York Times, they have a Glenn Thrash, or whatever the hell his name is. Thrush, Thrash, uh, Potato, Potato. But anyway, there he is. They don't know whether to fire him, but they're doing reports on uh, Matt, Matt Lauer. And then there are others, but nobody at CNN. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Even though Jeff Zucker, the former top dog at NBC News, is now running CNN. And now a spokesperson for Jeff Zucker says, uh, there were no complaints about Laura under his reign, about uh, Matt Lauer under his reign. I didn't ask if there were complaints. Was he aware that Matt Lauer was a sexual predator. I mean, people gossip. After a while, if some jerk has a button under his desk in his office for the purpose of locking the door from the inside so he can, uh, uh, you know, threaten or coerce or whatever young women, what the hell do they think's going on with the button? And locking it from the indoor or from the inside? Nobody knows anything. Now, we know people knew things. Like I said, people now coming out, oh, you know, it's an open secret. Weinstein, oh, it's an open secret. Charlie Rose, oh, it's an open secret. Now we got uh, Matt Lauer, oh, he pinched my butt. Uh, open secret. Uh, he... Jeff Sucker, I know nothing. Andrew Lack, I know nothing. Truth is, management should be fired, too. And I'll tell you why. For knowing nothing. For knowing nothing. Look, I'm not. I'm not a square. I'm not prissy. I'm not at those things and so forth. I understand flirtation and non-flirtation. I also understand marriage, and fidelity, 
and family. I understand all these things. You need to conduct yourself like a professional. When you're the top dog, you need to conduct yourself as a professional. I'm not going to dump on Bill O'Reilly now. He's been dumped on plenty, and he's deserved a lot of it. I never got along with that guy. Never liked him. That's the truth. I didn't know about this other stuff. Uh, allegedly. Excuse me. Allegedly. I don't know any of these other people either. I've never met them, to the best of my knowledge. But I'm just analyzing what's going on here. Getting a good night's sleep is easier said than done, especially if you hear a noise downstairs. Now, what do you do in a situation like that? You can turn on all the lights and keep watch. You can sleep with one eye open all night. Or you can rest easy, knowing that your home and family are protected with Simply Safe. Each Simply Safe system is a complete security arsenal with motion sensors and glass break sensors, entry sensors, and a high-definition security camera. You'll have everything you need to keep your family safe. Order Simply Safe online. It just takes minutes. Have it on your doorstep this week. Set it up in under an hour. No hard wiring. Just open the box, plug it in, and you'll be protected with professional home security. With Simply Safe, there's no contracts, no hidden fees, and 24/7 professional monitoring. It's just 14.99 a month. Get Simply Safe and get some rest. That's simplysafemark.com for 10% off your order. Simplysafemark.com. Simplysafemark.com. I certainly hope by now that you all have your Simply Safe, but I know as a matter of fact you don't. But check it out. So what did Jeff Zucker know, and when did he know it? Hey, nobody, nobody filed any complaints. Nobody filed any complaints while I was there. There were, in fact, there were no complaints while I was there. So Zucker knew nothing. Lack knows nothing. This is hard to believe. This is really hard to believe. What is this? The NFL? Uh, but there we are. All right. We have a guy by the name of Bob Weiner, I think his name is. Maybe it's Weiner, W-E-I-N-E-R. He's former Conyers spokesman on Capitol Hill. And he had a great defense for Conyers yesterday. Not. This is a laugher. Check this out. You know, what's with this guy in his underwear? Cut five, go. His closet is right in his office, right here. He changes clothes in his office. Most of us have walked in on him accidentally without knocking and have seen him in his underwear. Big deal. Big deal, you little moron. Another liberal defending predatory conduct. But we stand for women. He called the women into his office when he was standing in his underwear. We're not talking about an accident. Somebody walking in. The congressman's always standing in his underwear, don't you know? He has a closet. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I have closets everywhere. Not walking around in my underwear, standing in my underwear, not calling people, hey, come see me. I'm in my underwear. You got? You believe these people? And don't worry, the ethics committee will look at it. Oh, good, the ethics committee. These are little bureaus of the House and Senate. Send it to the ethics committee. Oh, good, good. Send it to the Ethics Committee, talking about closets. It goes in the closet, and it never comes out. But look how quickly. We don't even talk about Al Franken today. 
Al Franken. Al Franken will be on the Senate floor voting against you know, tax cuts, voting against border security, voting against... That's the other thing. He, uh, he's part of the USO. He visits the troop. He's anti-military because he votes against military spending. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line with this guy. Let's see. Can I keep track of anything else here that's going on in our uh, republic? Here's one. How a House Democrat accused of drunken shenanigans revealed another secret hush fund. Washington Times. I can't even pronounce this guy's name. He's from Arizona. Democrat. G-R-L-J-A-L-V-A. Try it at home. I'll mispronounce it and I'll be accused of being prejudiced. Prejudiced against whom? For what? Quietly arranged, he did, a severance package in 2015 for one of his top staffers, who threatened a lawsuit claiming the Arizona Democrat was frequently drunk and created a hostile work environment, revealing yet another way the lawmakers can use taxpayer dollars to hide their misbehavior on Capitol. Do you think I enjoy doing a show like this? I really enjoyed last night's show. Do you think I enjoy doing a show like this? I can't stand doing a show like this. To see what's happening to our republic. To see what's happened to our culture. Oh, look. Look at the First Amendment. Freedom of the press is being destroyed by Donald Trump. No, you morons. It's being destroyed by you. In the press. You're despised by the American people. Because the American people, not all, but enough, are smart. They know what you are. You are leftists dressed up as journalists. You're partisans dressed up as, well, when you're dressed, as, as, uh, as, as journalists. You're in and out of politics. And when you're out of politics, you're involved in politics. You put your finger on the scale when there's elections. We know who you are and what you are. Here's another one. Ready for this one? Congressman slept with and then sued allegedly drug-addicted staffer. Now we have another guy, Al Green. I used to like Al Green. I mean, the, the singer Al Green. This is a congressman who I despise. Every other hour, Trump should be impeached, Trump should be impeached, Trump should be impeached. Now this guy apparently slept with, reportedly, and then sued allegedly drug-addled staffer. He tried to get in front of the scandal. Texas Democrat representative, this is the Daily Caller, Al Green, had sex with a staffer who he said was a drug addict, and then sued her when she threatened to go public with claims that she suffered a hostile work environment, saying he will not be extorted or blackmailed. Now, that takes chutzpah. Google it. Chutzpah. Lucinda Daniels, his one-time district director, claimed she suffered a hostile work environment, claimed sexual harassment, and demanded $1.8 million. Green sued her, saying she was using their sexual relationship to shake him down at the behest of other unnamed conspirators. Daniels has threatened to go public with her complaints if the congressman does not per her money. I'm just reading as it's written. Green has done nothing wrong and refuses to pay hush money just for political expediency. Green will not be extorted or blackmailed. So in other words, Conyers would be extorted and blackmailed, and that's why he paid off somebody or a number of people. Am I getting this right? So I'm sure the people in the district that Al Green represents are very proud of him. Because he's apparently the victim of extortion. Even though he had sex with a staffer who now he calls a drug addict. And by the way, a female. 
Democrats stand for females. Never forget that. First in women. First in women. And why is that? Because they believe women should be free to have abortions. Many abortions as they want whenever they want them. And women should be free to have uh, the pill. Let's be blunt, the pill. Should have the pill for free. Why? Well, so the predators, you know, they can uh, whatever. But the point is, that's their idea of women. Apparently, Matt Lauer, Matt Lauer, equal pay for women with a button under his desk. Al Green has a relationship with a staffer, then sues her and calls her drug addicted. Something's wrong with her. Al Franken grabs the breast of a woman and, say, a woman and says, uh, I'm sorry she took it that way. It wasn't meant to be represented that way. That's her interpretation. But I apologize and I'm ashamed and should go to the ethics committee. But I really didn't do what the pictures suggested I did and, and, uh, and so forth and so on. And let me get back to work for the people of Minnesota. Then we got John Conyers. Oh, he's always walking around in his underwear. What the hell? He has a closet in his office. What do you do? You closet in the office. You walk around in your underwear. That's what you do. Staff comes in. Staff goes out. We saw it all the time. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? Oh. Well, he is accused. He's accused by white women. White women. Remember Susan Smith. Who did she accuse of killing her children? An African-American. Remember that says the number three Democrat on the House side. Remember that? It's remarkable. Terry McAuliffe, the clown governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia, my state, where we apparently have a lot of clown citizens who vote for clowns, like the, like, like this, um, War, what's his name? Mark Warner. Hey, hey, hey everybody, how are you? We haven't heard from Mark Warner lately in the Russian collusion scandal. Matter of fact, we haven't heard about the Russian collusion scandal lately, have we? But don't worry, the media is going to get to Trump and Mueller and the so-called collusion scandal as fast as they can because now they need to cover their butts. Now they want to change the subject. I probably stupidly just gave them the idea. Hey, Levin's right. Forget about all this. Let's get back to Russian collusion. Yes, yes, yes. Well, there is none. Oh, come on. Russian collusion. But the media's involved in that, too. Right? Fusion GPS. Three former Wall Street Journal reporters. Terry McAuliffe and Tony Rodham. Remember Tony Rodham? Sued over a green card investment scam. Wow. More when I return. Mark in. Well, it turns out, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, I've been on the show, what, two hours? That at the top of the show, CNN had to fire a producer. CNN producer fired over claims of inappropriate behavior quickly. CNN announced that it had fired a senior producer of its Sunday talk show, State of the Union, over allegations of inappropriate behavior. Washington Post media reporter Paul Fari tweeted that three women had complained about Teddy Davis, but did not provide specifics of the complaints. 
Now, after the break, I assume three or four more cases will be revealed, and I will try to bring them to you as well. I, I should have a new segment, the media and sex abuse, but uh, I'd rather not. I'll get back on Teddy, Terry McAuliffe uh, when we return after the top of the hour, and I'm trying to find it, and here it is. Introducing the brand new Genesel Droopy Eyelid Treatment. Here's Mary from Fort Collins, Colorado. She wrote, I don't believe everything I hear, so I tried this eye lift on my right eye. The next day at work, everybody said my right eye looked better. I couldn't believe it. Yes, all these saggy lines on your eyelids gone in just days. And now, this breakthrough eyelid treatment is yours free. With your order of Genesel for bags and puffiness. Plus, you'll also get Genesel 12-hour immediate effects, a second gift pre- Go to Genesel.com, that's Genesel.com, or call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. It even gets better. O- order in the next 20 minutes, and you'll get two more classics. Esotique RF Collagen Builder and Deep Firming Serum, absolutely free. Now, if you call or click in the next 10 minutes, hello, 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 10 minutes, you get express shipping, also free. Express shipping, also free. That's five free gifts. Order now to get this new Genesel offer and your free gifts while supplies. I hope my buddy Teddy's listening. Teddy in Virginia, you damn well better be listening. Now's your chance. I visited him for dinner, and he asked me for free Genesel. So I say, Teddy, I got five free gifts for you right here. Call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. Or go to Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have a break for a few minutes. I hope you'll come back in hour three. I'm sure we'll have updates about all kinds of sexomania in our media elite, our political elite, our Hollywood elite. Well, all the rest of us are at work doing our thing. Apparently, people are having buttons put under their desks to lock their doors. Hey, that's flirting. No, that's actually more than flirting. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. So, CNN producer fired over claims of inappropriate behavior. The producer worked for um, State of the Union on the Sunday Show. Uh, Washington Post media reporter Paul Farhi tweeted that three women had complained about Teddy Davis, but did not provide specifics on the complaints. Uh, Jack, Jake Tapper tweeted out, the tweet is accurate. When CNN executives were told about these complaints, they reacted swiftly and appropriately, as they should. Workplaces need to be safe, and I am fully supportive of CNN's actions. And there you have it. There you have it. Jeff Zucker. Stuff seems to follow that guy from one news platform to another. I wonder if he will uh, allow himself to be Interviewed over this stuff. One other one, and then I want to get into a few other issues. Terry McAuliffe and Tony Rodham 
suit over green card investment scam. This is in the Daily Caller. A group of Chinese investors is suing Virginia Governor Terry McAuliffe and the brother of Hillary Clinton, saying they were defrauded of $17 million in a cash-for-green-card scam. Now, if this guy's nominated, this guy McAuliffe, to be the Democrat uh, presidential uh, candidate, I think more slime is going to come out on this guy. No thanks to the uh, perverts in the media, either. I think other forms of media, including social media. The investors filed suit in Fairfax County, Virginia, Circuit Court last week, Politico first reported. The suit alleges that McAuliffe and Clinton's youngest brother, Anthony Rodham, exploited the 32 investors by promising to, quote, leverage political connections to ensure that their visa applications will get to the top of the pile and then be approved. I certainly hope the U.S. attorney who investigated another Republican governor, a a, a, a conviction that was thrown out by the Supreme Court, uh, will be investigating Mr. McAuliffe. The green cards were to be granted as part of the federal government's EB-5 visa program. The program grants legal immigration status to foreign nationals who invest at least half a million dollars in American companies. Companies must meet certain criteria regarding job creation in order for their investors to qualify for immigration benefits. The 32 Chinese investors say they paid $560,000 apiece in 2012 and 2013 to invest in green tech, an electric car company controlled by McAuliffe and Rodham. McAuliffe was once the largest investor in green tech. He left as chairman of the company in 2014 after being elected Virginia's governor. Oh, we're so lucky. The investors say that not only were they misled about green tech's prospects, their immigration status is now in jeopardy because of the company's legal and financial problems. Defendants' conspiracy has caused plaintiffs to be without an investment to serve as the basis of their immigration application, likely resulting in the loss of any immigration status they currently have, the suit reads. Now, this could be an issue. The uh, lawsuit lays out a laundry list of fraud allegations against McAuliffe and Rodham. The suit claims that the pair misrepresented the number of jobs that Green Tech would generate, while also flatly claiming that the car company had been selected as a Defense Department contractor. McAuliffe and Rodham also made false claims about Green Tech's financial situation, including overstating the amount of collateral the company had for its outstanding loans, according to the complaint. Sounds like Jane uh, Sanders with respect to the college that once existed in Vermont, but no more. Let's see... They painted a false picture of the state of the company, including instructing employees to pretend to be working while investors toured the plant, the suit alleges. McAuliffe and Rodham also lied about the sales and expected sales of the company during the investment pitches. These are the claims. McAuliffe and Rodham also failed to disclose the existence of government investigations in the green tech. company came under investigations by the SEC. A 2015 report released by the Department of Homeland Security's Inspector General also showed the McAuliffe and Rodham, and it goes on and on and on. I really hope you watch Levin TV tonight, by the way. I dig into Elizabeth Warren in this Pocahontas comment because the media wants to attack Trump. The sexual uh, deviant media wants to focus on Trump and his Pocahontas reference, which was actually hilarious. And uh, it was not racist. As opposed to Elizabeth Warren, who lied 
about being part Cherokee. And to me, that is racist. That is to pretend that you're someone you're not in order to use an ethnic group or any other group the way that Elizabeth Warren did. What do you call that? And she's a liberal, Mark. She's a good person. She means well. She would never do anything wrong. Now, North Korea. I've spent a lot of time on North Korea. And I guess we'll be spending a lot more time on North Korea. What concerns me most about these uh, ICBMs and the uh, potential for nuclearizing these ICBMs is not only the capacity to flat out hit directly uh, our country, but a more likely scenario. And we talked about this on Levin TV almost two years ago. I've talked about it on the radio for many years. And that's the ability to knock out our electrical grid, which would be absolutely devastating to you and the entire nation. And uh, Anthony Foray at the foxnews.com, North Korea might be able to knock out electrical power to millions of Americans. We need to be prepared. And this has been discussed over and over and over again, how the electrical grid is vulnerable to an attack where a nuclear weapon is, is uh, fired into the atmosphere above the United States. It is exploded, blows up above the United States, and the fallout absolutely destroys, overwhelms our electrical grid. I want you to think of this country without electricity. I want you to think of this country without electricity. First of all, I want you to think about the magnificence of electricity. And you can thank capitalism in the private sector, not Bernie Sanders and Saul Linsky. But now that we rely on it for everything the outcome would be almost genocidal. Almost so. Think about when electricity goes out for a day or two or three in any community as a result of heavy snow and ice or, or an electrical storm. And so that, that is the big concern that I have and others have as well. And we still are not protecting the grid. And to protect the grid, it would cost, estimates have it at $4 billion, less than $10 billion, I mean, the government throws that money away every day on some, you know, crazy program. Throws it away every day. All right, let's see here. I wanted to take calls, but I can't take calls until I uh, have a call screen in front of me. Mr. Producer, to whom shall I speak? On the Mark Levin app, Tommy in the great state of Ohio. Go! Denali, the great one. Thank you for taking my call. God bless you and your family. Thank you, and you too, sir. I want to say that along the, along the lines of these of these sexual all this sexual predation going on, if that's even a word, it is a word. Okay. Oh, it is. Yes. Well, thank you. You just educated me. See that? Even further. Yes. So I, 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 I get my education every day. Hold on, hold on now. I'm not an expert on the subject. I just know that's a word. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I, working in a factory, mm-hmm. uh, starting, I get up for work at 3.30 in the morning. I get mm-hmm. off at 3.15 in the afternoon. Good Lord. I wonder if... And there are women there, and there are some nice-looking women that, that, that work there. I wonder if how long I would have a job if I pulled some stuff like this, like what 
Charlie Rose has done and like what Matt Lauer has done. And I would wonder just how big of a pariah I would be trying to get another job after I got fired from the one that I'm at for pulling this kind of crap. Mm-hmm. How much you want to bet all the top media types who are in seclusion in some far, five-star hotel right now will all eventually get jobs? You know what? I would if that if that were on the stock market, if that were on the stock market, I'd invest in that because I'd be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. I think you would. Several, several times over. I just want to really, I know, I know you're in a hurry. I know you got other calls. No, I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, I want to say that uh, my father, lifelong Democrat, mm-hmm. all his life until I got a hold of him, after you got a hold, after you got a hold of me, um, is turning 90 tomorrow. And I know, wow. I, think he's, I think he's listening. I think he's What's a Navy name? veteran from World War II. What's his first and, name? And, I'm sorry? What is his first name? Gene. Well, Gene, we want to wish you a happy birthday, and thank you for your service. And you have a wonderful son here who called in. Thank you, Tommy. I appreciate it. And we'll be right back. Lovin. Well, I want to congratulate the, the large corporations in our country. They're going to get a tax break, and they need a tax break. Because taxes are so high, federal income taxes on corporations, that it is very difficult to compete internationally. I mean, federal corporate income taxes should not be 35%. You know what they are in Russia? You know, by the way, you know what taxes are for individuals in Russia? 13% flat tax. You have a former communist regime, now a fascist regime, that has a 13% tax across the board. Here, we're going to have 12% at the low end. And Wow, we pat ourselves on the back, but don't worry. We control the House, we control the Senate, we control the presidency, all the elected entities of the federal government. And what are we going to do? We're going to increase a new upper income tax bracket. And the President of the United States is in Missouri in the show-me state going on and on about how this tax cut is bigger than Reagan's. Reagan, in 82 and 86, slashed the 70% upper rate to 28%. 28%. And he made no apologies for it. No class warfare. No propaganda. None of it. None of it. And some of the supply-siders who worked in his administration should be ashamed of themselves for buying into the propaganda of the class warfare when it comes to individual taxpayers. Oh, the rich. The rich need to pay more. The rich need to pay more. All that Bernie Sanders, Saul Linsky, Marx crap. Now, if you're rich and you incorporate, somehow you become a major corporation or attached to it, then you deserve a cut. It's irrational. Here's the other thing you need to understand. And a friend of mine, as I said the other day, who's an ambassador, pointed this out to me. On the federal income taxes, 9% is paid by corporations. 9% of the total. 9% of the total, which means the overwhelming majority of federal income taxes that come into the federal government as revenue 
are paid by individuals. Individuals. Now, if you own a home and you live in a blue state, you own a red state, and you pay taxes this way, and you look funny that way, and all these things on the table, cutting your interest deductions or capping them on your mortgage, cutting your property tax deductions if you have a, a property tax bill from the state, someone to cap it, someone to eliminate it, cutting your state income tax deduction, again, depending on your state, we have a handful of states and a small handful of states that don't have income taxes. The vast majority do, including red states. Oh, the red states. But states don't pay federal income taxes. You do. Stop listening to this crap from these Republicans about, well, you know, let the blue states pay more. We're subsidizing them. They're not subsidizing anybody. When you fill out your federal income tax form or somebody does it for you, you're signing under penalty of perjury. It has nothing to do with the state. Red, blue, or indifferent. Our goal is to protect individualism, private property rights, promote capitalism, competition, wealth creation, opportunity, job creation. How come it's okay on the corporate side, which I'm for, but when it comes to the individual side, we're Bernie Sanders. And they're already being attacked, tax cuts for the rich. There are no tax cuts for the rich. Unless you croak with $12 million. Well, look at that, a tax cut for the dead guy. Well, this uh, juggernaut, it's on his way. And you know what really annoys me? I'm opposed to this. I hope it's killed, which means it will hurt the Republicans politically. But that's not my fault. That's not your fault when they do stupid things. And, of course, there's, where's John McCain? John McCain. Every day, John McCain has some lousy thing to say about Donald Trump. Have you noticed that? Notice that every single day. He didn't do it to Obama. He doesn't do it to Schumer. Doesn't do it to Pelosi. But Trump, every day, every day, a saboteur. And same with uh, Susan Collins. She's really a liberal Democrat, dressed up as a Republican, although the Republicans are dressed up as Democrats. So what are they fighting over in the Senate and the House when it comes to taxes? A fraud. A fraud. The Democrats are lying. They did this on Obamacare, too. Oh, the Republicans want to repeal Obamacare. No, they don't. No, they don't. They don't want to repeal Obamacare. And the Democrats screaming that. And the Republicans screaming, we're going to repeal Obamacare. No, they're not. They're not repealing Obamacare. All of you with insurance, are they repealing Obamacare? No. Many of you now are having to run around and try and find insurance that covers various prescription drugs and procedures and, and so forth and so on. So they argue about phony issues. And, of course, the sexual um, uh, deviant media is out there, uh, you know, giving them cover. And same thing with the tax cut. This isn't tax cuts for the rich. They're tax increases. At the higher rate, there's tax increases for many, many in the so-called middle class. I'll give you a perfect example. Let's say there's a farming family. Let's say they live in Iowa. And they're growing corn. And growing it for the right reason, not ethanol. To, you know, eat. And... Uh, this family inherited their farm, maybe their third or fourth generation. Fourth generation. 
It's a husband and a wife, so you got parents, you got maybe four or five kids. And they live very modestly. And they live very modestly. And they pay federal income taxes as individuals. They don't set up anything fancy as individuals. But those property taxes, that property tax on that farm is through the roof. Even with all the state benefits, it's still through the roof. And they're relying on the deduction of those property taxes to make ends meet. Well, guess what? They're going to get clobbered. Absolutely clobbered. But wait a minute. They live in a state that went for Trump. They live in a state. Hey, Ryan McConnell. They live in a state that went for Trump. Doesn't matter. They're going to get clobbered. There's a lot of a lot of very bad stuff in these proposals, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be right back. Some people talk about the Tea Party. We are the Tea Party. Call in now, 877-381-3811. CRTV. You know, if you haven't finished shopping for that perfect gift for your friends and family, we've got the perfect gift idea for you over at CRTV.com. And I'm not kidding. Your family and friends are going to love CRTV. Through Christmas, we've created some limited edition holiday mugs featuring your favorite show hosts on CRTV. Me, 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 me. It's your chance to get my mug on your mug. We wanted to say a special thank you to those who are signing up to support what we're doing on CRTV because we couldn't do it without you. There's never been a better time to get CRTV and if you've already joined you can gift a CRTV subscription to your friends and family. Everybody could use a little bit more of the truth, right? Conservative principles, a little less from the liberal media and I might say the sexually perverted media at this point. So give us a call right now. We're there now. The government might be shut down, but we're not. 844-LEVIN-TV. 844-LEVIN-TV. Mention promo code HOLIDAY. That's promo code HOLIDAY. To get your free Levin TV mug or choose from any of your other favorite CRTV show hosts. Again, that's 844-LEVIN-TV. 844-LEVIN-TV. Or visit levintv.com. We spent a lot of time on this mug, just so you know. It's not easy to put my photograph on a mug. What this beautiful face on such a small item? But we did our very best. So uh, I want you to know it's fresh off the uh, assembly line. Uh, so I know you'll enjoy it. As a matter of fact, you should give it to a liberal. You go ahead and you get a CRTV subscription for your loved one or loved ones, and then give the mug to a liberal. Oh, they'll probably break it. Forget about the liberal. Anyway, I think you're going to really like it. CRTV.com or call 844-LEVINTV and use the special code HOLIDAY and get your mug, my mug on your mug. All right, let us continue. Let's see. Uh, Clark in Dayton, Maryland, the great WMAL. Go. How you doing there, Mark? Doing great. Thank you. Great. I heard you mention about the uh, farmers and the taxes that they would pay or could. Well, that's only one small example, sir. There's many people who are going to pay. I know, but 
I'm just I'm just trying to give you a little bit of concept here. When I purchased my property here in Maryland, the agriculturally assessed uh, value of land is so much less than residentially assessed that. Do you use it, your land to farm, sir? No, no, no. I'm saying I bought it directly from a farmer. I know, but you see, but but a farmer doesn't, they they have to have more than one acre, three acres, five acres. In some cases, they have to have hundreds and hundreds of acres. And so it adds up to a lot of money. And they're not taking, and and if you're a family farmer, it's quite significant. But let's pretend you're not a farmer. You live in the not-so-great state of Maryland, correct? Unfortunately, yes. What's your income tax rate? What is your income tax rate in Maryland? I'm self-employed, so I pay all the uh, well, what is all it? the benefits of being self-employed. What's the income tax rate? Do you know off the top of your head? For Maryland? Yes, for you, Maryland, you, the taxpayer. Oh, gosh. Uh, I'll give you an example. I pay over 5% of Virginia. I think it's 5.5, 5.3, something like that. Well, in any event, right. whatever it is, you're out of luck. And... Uh, uh, same with uh, same with your property taxes. You know, this is the problem. We have Republicans in Congress. We shouldn't be debating whether people can deduct their property taxes, the interest on their mortgage, or deduct the state income tax that they're paying. This was supposed to be a tax cut. Tax reform doesn't mean tax increases unless the Democrats control Congress. If Barack Obama was telling you right now that we're going to cap the property tax deductions or we're going to cap the state income tax deductions or we're going to cap the interest deductions you have on your mortgage after you've bought a home 10 years ago and you relied on this to make ends meet, or he says, uh, you know what, we're going to have a new top rate for the rich out there. And that doesn't even mean necessarily people who are really rich. Maybe they hit it one year. Maybe you're like you, a small businessman, and you're trying to reinvest your proceeds and so forth. And we're going to have it at 46%. That's on top of your state income tax. That's on top of your property taxes. That's on top of the 3.8% Obama tax. You're talking way over 50% once you hit that million-dollar number. It is crazy, crazy. And the Republicans are proposing this. Do you understand what I'm saying? I make much less than a million, and I pay close to over 40%. Because like You're, you're not the only one. I pay an enormous amount of taxes, and my only deductions, quite frankly, are property, interest, and uh, what's the other one? And uh, state income taxes. That's it. I don't have anything fancy going on. That's it. Yeah, well, you're rich, so you're going to have to live with it now, thanks to the Republicans. Oh, I love it. I love it. Love All right, Clark. Family. God bless you, buddy. There is a thing called a car. You get in the car and get the hell out of there. Just um, just my advice. No, it's not so easy. My, I know. I should get out of Virginia now. Keep electing Democrats who keep raising taxes and all the rest of it. Let's continue, shall we? Ralph! West Palm Beach, Florida, the great WJNO. And I might say, I might say, you have a great host who I was listening to this morning, Brian Mudd, who's also the program director of WJNO and carries my show there, which we're very grateful for. But he is terrific. And he's a longtime friend of mine, too. All, all the folks here at WJNO are great. Go ahead, Ralph. Um, okay. One, I've started, I've heard about you from the first time I read Men in Black. So I've known you for a while. Thank you, sir. No, my pleasure. I I just wanted to say, and what I did was, we talked. It, it's talk about the rich. It's talk about the middle class. 
there's a group below that that's really going to, as I see it, get screwed in this tax bill. For example, my widowed mother, uh, her income's about 35000 between Social Security and a small pension. As I understand it, the standard deduction is $12,000 for a single person. And then the next uh, level up is like, what, um, well, the difference between 12000 and 30000 there's no other deductions for her to claim. She has to pay rent from all that stuff, food, gas, and whatever. So she's going to get hit with the bill for the difference between 12000 and $35,000 at 12%. Well, I, I honestly don't know in that uh, specific situation, but I do know this. Like your mother, there's going to be a lot of people who are hit, and they're going to be hearing Republicans talk about the rich are going to pay more, but most people are going to pay less, and they're going to be stunned. They're going I mean, to be stunned that the Republicans have raised their taxes under this, this, this phony argument uh, that they're cutting their taxes. And this is my point. These supply-siders better get their heads screwed on tight because they're screwing us on the individual income tax side, and we pay the vast majority of federal income taxes in this country, not the corporations. I am not opposed to corporations having their taxes reduced. In fact, I strongly supported it before Donald Trump did. That said, I also support a simple, across-the-board rate reduction for all of we, the people, the individual. A simple, across-the-board rate reduction for all the rest of us. Don't mess around uh, with with uh, with all with all the offsets. These aren't loopholes. They're not loopholes. Now everything's a loophole if you get a deduction. All right, Ralph. I appreciate your call. I really do. Let's see here. I'm trying to get people who disagree with me. Unfortunately, there aren't many. Let us go to Ruth, Bloomington, Illinois, the great WRPW. Go. Hi, Mark. I was. Uh... Um, thinking about when you're talking about Garrison Keeler, that this is another reason for the taxpayer to not support NPR if this mm-hmm. is the type of person that they're going to be putting on the radio. Well, look, they have a lot of people who don't sexually harass people. We know that, too. But there really is no reason for public broadcasting of any kind. You, you can get a cable package with a 1,000 stations. You can get a satellite package with, a, with, with hundreds and hundreds of stations. Uh, you've got more competition, more channels, more platforms than ever before, ever before. I mean, even subscription platforms like CRTV. There is no reason for public TV. There is no reason for public radio. You have AM radio, you have FM radio, you have satellite radio, all of which are excellent. You also have digital radio. You can have direct streaming, you can have downloading on your iPads and so forth and so on. As each year goes by, the justification for public TV and public radio continues to disappear. And yet, and yet, because they're entrenched, because they've been funded, you cannot eliminate it. You're not allowed to eliminate things. And yes, guys like Garrison Killer become extremely, extremely wealthy. There's, there's a whole crony thing going on there with public TV. There are others who become uh, uh, enormously wealthy uh, as a result of programs they've had on public TV. Uh, and, uh, but in any event, Ruth, thank you for your call. You're right on. Right on. Tony, Devon, Pennsylvania, I actually know who that is. On the Mark Levin app, go. Hey, Mark, uh, you're the best, and it's an honor to speak with you. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Uh, I agree with you on the tax cut, but I do would like, would like your uh, take on uh, this aspect of it, that uh, we know corporations do not pay taxes. 
they pass them on through the price of their goods and services. So in a competitive free market environment, theoretically, the tax cuts should flow through, at least in part, to consumers. And then the lower prices hopefully will increase demand, which will then... But consumers need money in order to consume, right? If the consumer can pay $4 for a product instead of 5 the consumer is benefiting. But, the consu- but that's not the way it works. If the consumer is struggling to pay their taxes, their property taxes and their state income taxes, and on top of that, uh, they then have to pay additional federal income taxes, there are many products that they might buy that they're not going to buy, period, whatever the price is, because they're busy, they're busy dealing with sustenance, or they're trying to send their kid to college or something like that. So it has a, a, a dilatorious effect on the economy. So it's important to drive down prices, but you have to drive up incomes. But even if you, uh, but I'm saying that if, a, so if somebody pays less for milk and eggs because corporations... All right, let me, let me put in plain math, okay? Let's say I earn $50,000 a year, and as a result of all this, I, I get, you know... I used to net $50,000 a year, but instead I net $45,000 a year. And you're saying, but that's okay, because the next time I go to the restaurant and eggs aren't uh, uh, $3.99, they're $3.89 or $3.79, that will help me. Well, it may help me, but I'm not going to go to the restaurant because I've just lost 10%, 8%, 4% of the income I need for my family. I'm not going to the restaurant. I'm not buying the eggs. That's why I said initially I agree with you on the tax cut. I just want to point out the benefits that should flow through from the corporate tax cut. And that's not necessarily true either. If I'm a corporation, I may not lower my prices. I may take the additional money to do something we've needed to do a long time, modernize our plant, invest in R&D, expand our plant, hire more employees, so I'm not necessarily going to pass to the consumer a lower price on a product. It's not necessarily going to happen. I may take that money and put it toward, if I'm a pharmaceutical company as an example, the investment toward some other kind of drugs. Right, but that's, that's all got to be stimulated. All right, thanks for your call. Appreciate it. I don't know what else to say. I'll be right back. in. It's that time of year again when the days are shorter. Don't waste your precious daylight sifting through a sea of search results when looking for the right business software. Get home on time tonight with Captera.com. Captera.com. Whether you're a startup looking to keep better track of customers, a nonprofit hoping to have a record fundraising year, or a business that simply needs better payroll software, you need software, and Captera's got you covered. Search Captera's 400 categories of software. Discover the right tool for your business, anything from email marketing to scheduling to accounting and well beyond. Captera makes it easy to find what you're looking for. Captera has thousands of ratings and reviews from actual software users just like you, so you know what the best software is. Now, best of all, Captera is about you. How do I know that? It's absolutely free. Hello? It's absolutely free. 2018 will be here before you know it. 
So make sure you've got the software your business needs today to help you do what you do best. Join the millions who use Captera. That's Captera. C A P T E R R A. Captera. C A P T E R R A dot com slash Levin. And you know how to spell that. L E V I N. That's Captera dot com slash Levin. Check it out. I know you're going to love it too. Man, we had the best services and products on this show. And I know because I have to vet every one of them. Everyone, I talk to the inventors, I talk to the entrepreneurs, I talk to their people. This is true. I have, if not meetings in person, meetings over the phone. I just don't take scripts and start reading them to you. And I review the scripts to make sure they're accurate, to make sure we're getting across what we want to get across. I want to make sure these services and products are helpful to you. I turn down a lot of them, a lot of them. So if somebody's advertising on this program, they get the Mark Levin seal of approval. They truly do. Well, Mr. Call Screener, let us go right away, if you will, to Marilyn, not Marilyn, but Marilyn, who wishes to defend NPR. Go right ahead. Absolutely. I do not agree with uh, the lady or you about not needing NPR TV. Well, I mean, that's PBS and NPR. Unique programs that I have never heard on TV. I don't well, care that, what stations I've had. Well, do you have cable TV? Yeah, I had direct TV. I've had cable TV. I've had all kinds of TV. Well, what is it that's on NPR that you uh, lust for? I love Frontline. What's that? Frontline. Well, Frontline's not on radio. Let's get our, our broadcast format straight. Frontline's on TV, and Frontline is left-wing. And you've got plenty of uh, cable channels and satellite channels that might, might not, but might run Frontline. And just because you like it, ma'am, doesn't mean I have to pay for it. You like going to the movies? Well, I mean... Now yes or no? Do you like going to the movies? Yes, I go to the movies. Well, I don't want to pay for that either. Well, I don't Do you know like going to Disneyland? To Nobody makes anybody pay Hello? for Hello? Do you like going to Disneyland? No, not no. Well, do your children or grandchildren, do they like going to Disneyland? They would like to go, yeah. Well, I don't want to pay for that either. Okay. I, you I know, we have, we have over $200 trillion in unfunded liabilities, and you like Frontline, so i got to pay for Frontline. Frontline did a smear on conservative talk radio, in specific me. Now, where do I go to get my money back? Trust oh, me, I well. pay more in tax dollars than you ever could. And that's not to embarrass you. It's just true. I'm one of the filthy rich. You can't embarrass me. Um, All right. Well, I don't people... understand why you're you're taking it personally, and I'm just trying to say. I take it personally. Is... I don't think we should be subsidizing government broadcasting. Well, they've been cutting back on NPR subsidizing for Good. years. Good. They ought to get rid of it. Well, I don't think they have to get rid of it. We just if their fabulous pictures. hosts are so great, then some company will want to hire them. No doubt about it. People contribute to it all the time. Yeah, but I contribute to it for um, because my taxes are confiscated. In other words, ma'am, your contributions pay a small percentage of NPR and PBS broadcasting. Many, many years ago, I'm educating you. Many, many years ago when they wanted to drop Sesame Street, I said I'd buy it. They weren't selling. Now they've sold it. Oh, yes, yes, there's plenty. And you know why I'd buy it? Because you make a lot of money off Sesame Street. 
All right, ma'am, thanks for your call. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, and you, the American people who work, who pay taxes, and are sick and tired of the same people I am. See you tomorrow. Check out Levin TV. It's really good tonight. God bless.